Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, it's Mandy. While Tiff and I take one more week off to recharge our batteries before coming back for season four, we're taking a look back in the vault at some of our favorite episodes over the years. This one stands out at one of our earliest hit episodes. It's the story of Aja McClanahan and her husband and how they paid off over $110,000 in debt. Hope you guys enjoy this look back and stay tuned. We're back with new episodes September 12th. All right, Brown Ambition fam, I am really excited this week to have a very special guest with us. Um, I love speaking with her, and I can't wait for you guys to hear from her. Her name is Audra McClanahan. She authored the book Debt Free in 24 Hours, which you can find on Amazon.com. Aja knows so much about getting debt free because she went from $110,000 worth of debt down to nothing, and she did it in a really interesting way by choosing on purpose to move to what she lovingly calls the hood, Englewood, Chicago. Aja, thank you so much for joining us on Brown Ambition. Thanks for having me, Mandy. This is going to be fun. I'm already excited. And I forgot to mention, you also founded the blog, principlesofincrease.com, right? Yep, that's me. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, I just want to jump right in, Aja. Tell me what you mean when you say that you took a hand-me-down house in the hood to help you pay off your debt, you and your husband. Yeah, so when just to um, kind of backtrack, when my husband and I got married, we had over $60,000 in student loan debt, and then we, um, you know, very intelligently took on, you know, an, an additional, you know, 30, 40, 50, you know, 60,000. Um, so we had debt at different amounts, um, and it probably totaled, you know, around 100,000, a little bit more than that. Uh, and we were just drowning. We were on one income. I knew that I wanted to stay home with my kids. That was like a non-negotiable. But, you know, we had all this debt. We had garnishments, collectors, like everything that could go wrong financially was going wrong. And in 2009, um, one of our relatives, a relative of mine, inherited a house in, quote, unquote, the hood. And I have to say the hood. I don't believe I – I don't like saying that because it, it sounds – you know, kind of derogatory, but I need, I want people to know kind of the magnitude of the decision that we made. We, we live in the hood. If you've heard of the term Chirac, you know, that's, that's, we're the neighborhood that coined that term. If anyone's going to use the word the hood, I feel like in this case, you should be able to. Yeah. That's but what you're saying. So we, we decided to take this home that the relative, you know, who inherits this house, they're like, I live in the cushy suburbs. I don't want to live in the hood. You know, I have kids who are in a nice school system. And at first we were like, you know, this is a stupid idea. We'd never, we'd never do that. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, my husband and I, we actually had this conversation, like, are we going to be those people that get that 30-year mortgage on a house or a condo? And we're like, no, we don't think that's us. Um, And so we were like, we want a house, but we don't want a mortgage. We don't know how that's going to happen. If we have to save or wait till we're 60, we'll do that. But this opportunity came up. And so it actually took a couple of weeks for us. You know, we're Christians, so we prayed about it. We thought about it. And, you know, we went through that whole thing and we had peace about it. So we actually said yes to the house, you know. And at this so, point, your girls are how old? Oh, they were young. I think my youngest was one. And so my oldest must have been like three or four. And so this was, I mean, just, just to kind of backtrack, this was, it was serious because when we moved in, there were bullet holes in the back door. So like this, <laughs> this was a really serious decision for us. Um, but it, you know, we've been safe ever since. And we actually enjoy the quality of life that we have now. We actually paid off all of our debt in 2013. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. We're totally debt free. And go ahead. I know that getting a house for basically nothing is obviously one great way to start paying off debt, but you still had to make a lot of sacrifices. So can you talk to me about your, your getting out of debt journey, the, the, you know, four plus years it took you guys to whittle down that six figure debt? Yeah. So that was, oh my goodness. That's why I wrote a book about it. It was, it was pretty involved. So during that time we were actually uh, cash flowing the renovations on the house. It wasn't like totally moving ready. We were also cash flowing some private school, which was very, very expensive looking back. I don't know if we should have done that, but hey. Um, And then on top of that, I was kind of supporting a fledgling business, but it was the business actually. It was pretty, it wasn't capital intensive. So uh, it was really one of the game changers for us to get out of debt. So we, we're those Dave Ramsey debt snowball people. And um, so that's, that's kind of the method that we used. We, you know, budgeted, we, uh, the snowball <laughs> method. I, I've talked about the snowball. I feel like Dave Ramsey's advice is so pro- prolific that I knew about the snowball method without even knowing like it was Dave Ramsey's thing, but that's the, isn't that the idea where you start with a, your small your um the debt with the lowest interest rate first, and then you continue kind of paying it off one by one by one? Yeah. So actually, um, the snow. I think they call that the avalanche method. When you start with the uh, to, not to be technical, but with the lowest interest rate. Actually, his his idea is to start with just the smallest debt. So you don't really have any regard for interest rates here. And it seems counterintuitive, but what it does is psychologically, it just gives you those small wins. So it, you know, in the same vein, you start with the smallest debt, get rid of that. And when you take the minimum payment, once that's done, you know, and, and apply that to the next thing. So at one point we had a debt snowball was, that was like $3,000, you know, for like a month or, you know, a few months, you know, when we got towards the end, student loan, you know, $3,000 balance, bam, let's pay it off. And in addition to like all the utilities and other obligations that we had. Um, and then I also want to mention that 2012, which was like a heat wave for, you know, the, the country, especially in Chicago, we actually had our air conditioning vandalized mm. and <laughs> we decided not to get it fixed. Oh my um, gosh. We could finish our, our debt snowball. So how much did that save you? Oh, well, we got different quotes. I think it was like just to replace it was like $3,000 is what everyone was telling us. Like maybe three or four years down the line, someone 
finally came in and said, hey, we can do it for for cheap. But at the time, all the quotes were like, we have to replace everything. Um, so, yeah, we that was one of those times where we were like, man, why did we move to the hood? Like, if, the, if we lived somewhere else, no one would, like, steal, a, you know, an $8 piece of copper from our AC <laughs> and damage it and, you know, wreak all this havoc. So we lived through that heat rate wave without AC. We had, like, a window unit. We'd all cram into one room at night. So... What did your you know, budget what did your budget look like over this time? Uh yeah, so we basically I kept a really simple budget in in Google Sheets, so I'm like kind of that nerd spreadsheet person. So basically just writing down all of our expenses and saying, "Hey, this is what we have to spend for the month and that's it." So we would use the envelope system using cash, you know, if we budgeted $400 for food for the month, which is actually really low. I wish we had that, but, <laughs> um, you know, that, that was it. You know, this is what we paid out for this. So we cut out weird things like we, you know, my husband placed a moratorium on buying paper towels. <laughs> we, we stopped using paper towels during that time. Um, we, cut, we didn't have cable. So we did make some sacrifices. Paper towels are a luxury. They truly are. <laughs> they $12 are. for a pack. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, if you're trying to get out of debt, it's one of those things that you can forego, I think, you know, for a little while if you have to. Not forever. One of the things I like about your story is that you took a house that costs no money, and yet you didn't immediately start living as if you weren't paying the rent. You really had to, like, psychologically, you know, put all that money toward your debt and probably live on a lot, a lot less income than what you could do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of people would move to a low-income house and then be like, oh, I have all this extra money to spend. Well, you know, you know, for us to go out and, like, get a Bentley in the hood, you know, that really – or even a, just a super nice luxury car. You know, you don't want to draw too much attention to yourself. So for practical reasons, we just didn't, like, totally ball out. And obviously, we want to pay down our debt. But even today, we still kind of live like that because – all those years we were paying down debt, we weren't contributing as much as we could to retirement. So we're kind of still, we're not, it's not as severe, you know, the, the level of austerity and savings, but we're still pretty frugal and we still try to save as much as we can every month because of, you know, all those years we didn't save. And does that $110,000 include your student loan debt? Yes, it does. That's so the bulk that, of it. Okay. Yeah. It was mostly student loans, sadly. I mean, you're not alone, especially when you put two people combined with college degrees. Talk to me about what's the biggest payment you made? Like, what was the biggest chunk where you're like, I thought we were never going to get this chunk paid off? So it was it was the, one of our last student loan bills, and it was one of my husband's student loans, uh, which was like a private student loan. And originally, it was like $12,000 and we negotiated with them and they were like, okay, at least pay the principal. You know, it's, it was so old, it was like 10 years old. And so we ended up paying like, you know, 3,600, negotiating for 3,600. And I want to say the last payment we made on that was like $3,000. So that was like our biggest debt snowball payment. So you negotiated your student loan, your private student loan bill. I've talked about this and written about it. I, I'd love for you to talk about that process. How do you negotiated that bill down with the private lender? It was actually bizarre what happened because we had tried to do it maybe three or four years prior, and we just couldn't get anything from them. The only thing they sent were the original was like the original promissory note or something like that, um, and then that was it. We couldn't ever get a hold of them, and then maybe 
four or five years later, we got a hold of them. Maybe they were just more desperate for money at that time. But I got a hold of them and basically over phone and email just said, hey, you know, we'll pay cash, you know, for this. And we took out like a 401k loan um, and promptly, you know, paid it back. It took us, you know, a few months to pay it back. But be- because they were willing to sell- settle, we did take that loan and, you know, it's, it's since been paid back. I wouldn't suggest that for everything, you know, don't cash out your 401k. But if you have the option to borrow, you can sell a debt and you know you have the cash flow to pay it off, you know, it could work in some situations. So that's that's pretty much what we did and then, you know, paid the balance with our debt. Snowball, but um, I actually <laughs> was talking to a student loan lawyer specialist, quote unquote, who let me know that it was outside potentially outside of the statute of limitations, so we didn't really have to pay it. (laughs) Um, But that was like after the fact we had already paid it. So I would encourage anyone who's like listening to this and you're like, oh, I have some private loan that I might negotiate down, check and see what your state's uh, statute of limitation is. You might not have to pay it. But for us, it was like, okay, we did it. And then also if he ever wants his transcripts or something like that, um, you know, you can be outside of the statute of limitations, but the school doesn't have to do anything else for you. They don't have to send you transcripts or verify your enrollment or anything. So I think it's, you know, just good practice to pay your debts anyway. But, you know, if you're yeah. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. That's absolutely one thing to consider. But that statute of limitations in most states is at least 10 years you're talking. And over that time, it's likely, I mean, you guys, um, you talked about being in default and having creditors, lenders coming after you and, you know, debt collectors calling um, so what was the impact of those loans on your credit? And what's your credit like today versus back then? Gosh, you know what? We actually don't really, we don't use credit for anything. We like, we don't have a mortgage or, um, so I actually don't know. I don't check my credit score reg- regularly. We we just, for the first time, in I don't know how many years, got a credit card to do like those rewards things. And we're not carrying a balance or anything. So it's bad, but we, neither one of us know our credit stores because we don't have any, um, we have no plans to borrow any money for anything like in life. We Aren't don't. you curious? Because um, you can check it for free, Credit Karma. Yeah, maybe I guess for like fraud purposes. This is my little moment to do the PSA where you should, uh, you should at least pull your free credit report. Do you guys check your credit reports and everything? Yeah. So yes, we do check our credit report to see if there are items on there that are suspicious or potentially fraudulent. But with that, we don't get a score. I don't believe when we right, do like yeah. the annual. So yeah, that's what I know what's on there, but I don't know what our that's, score. Arguably, that's the important part. But you can tell. I mean, I get my score for free. There's a bunch of different places. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh yeah, Credit Karma. I mean, you should even check with your credit card that you guys took out. A lot of credit cards now are offering not just your TransUnion your Equ- or your Equifax or your experience score, but credit card companies will offer your FICO score. 
Oh, cool. And FICO is that like, you know, gold Cadillac credit score everyone uses. But um, oh yeah, I mean, I can list off Credit Karma, Quizzle.com, Credit.com, Credit Sesame. Those are the top four where you can find. That's how I track my credit score. Um, cool. Yeah, I'd be curious to know. And and uh, you're right. I mean, that's just something to consider. You you really don't need a credit score until you need credit. And if you guys didn't, you know, take out any credit, then you wouldn't have needed it. Yeah, we've been duly traumatized by me. We were just, I mean, some people have better credit stories than ours, but I think, you know, we were just immature financially, you know, and so that left kind of like an indelible mark in our brains around the use of credit. So it just took us even a really long time to like, have a big discussion about this recent credit card and we'll never carry a balance and we'll never pay interest. So that was, even that was like a big step for us. Mm. But some people were good with credit all their lives and they don't, they don't have those terrible stories. Who are those people? The people whose parents control their card for them, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Some people, I've, I've met some people and they're like, Oh, well, this is, yeah, what's wrong with having a credit card? All you do is pay the balance every month and you, or whatever their stories are. I, I don't know. We'll, well see. Maybe has, we'll become one of those people. <laughs> well, it sounds like you are, but I, I think it also has a lot to do with your upbringing and the um, influence of your family, your parents, and people around you. You know, I grew up really watching my parents just whip out credit cards. My my mother, I always thought my, my mom's wallet, I'll never forget it when I was a kid. It was always just this massive like accordion wallet and it was just nothing. <laughs> like she would go to JCPenney and look for the biggest expansion wallet she could find because that's how many credit cards my oh. parents had. And that was the environment I grew up in. So when I, you know, started college, my idea was, oh, credit, you just use that when you don't have cash. <laughs> so I'm curious what your upbringing was like financially and if you think that may be you know, how that played into you, um, your, your eventual debt that you fell into later. Yeah. So I, I think I heard from my parents quite frequently, you know, you have to get some type of credit card to build your credit, do something to build your credit. So when I was encountered you know, on the quad at school, you know, I was, in, you know, confronted with all these tables with giving away free t-shirts and, you know, Pepsi-Cola, and they're like, all you have to do is sign up for this credit card. I was like, oh, of course, this is perfect. I need pizza, which you're giving away, and also I need to build my credit. So, you know, I signed up for a bunch of credit cards. <clears throat> was the pizza that good? <laughs> I don't remember. It never was. But that's how they get you on college campuses. They do. Yeah, and I, I didn't have a job. I didn't even think about, like, paying the bill or paying it back. I was just like, I am building my credit. I didn't. I thought get, building your credit was just getting the card. I didn't realize that you had to like pay it back on time and as agreed, missed that part of the tutorial. So I think that, and then when people would demand payment, I'm like, who are these jerks? You know, what do they want from me? So yeah, I think that played a lot into my kind of like my money story going forward. I just, I just didn't make the connection, even with student loans, like signing paperwork. When I got my first bill, you know, that six months, you know, grace period they give you, I was like, the nerve of these people, how dare they? <laughs> like, I was totally shocked. What about your husband? When did you guys meet? And when you got married, was it something you guys talked about before you got married? Yeah, so we met um, in grades school, junior high. We met in Spanish class in junior high, and we got married in our mid-20s, like 24, 25, and we did. We thought we were doing, like, the smart thing. We're like, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to write a budget. We're going to write down all of our loans and all that, and 
we did as much as we could, but I think the problem with my husband was that he had loans that had changed hands. He didn't keep um, as good of records, and it was kind of confusing, so I don't want to say, like, oh, he was a terrible record keeper, but at some point, I ended up consolidating all my loans, and I just had, like, one payment for everything, but he had, like, things here, things there, private loans from the university, so it was just, you know, it was just a confusing thing. So things things for him were like scattered and all over the place. So what we thought we had captured in our pre-wedding planning, you know, there were just more loans that got uncovered. Oh, Probably no. starting, you know, the month we got married, oh, this letter came, this phone call came, this, you know, so it was like big, like things coming out of the woodwork. So when it was all said and done, we, we had about the same amount of student loan. I just was more aware of my total balance, whereas he wasn't. Was he kind of cocky about it? Like, oh, I only have this much. And then a month later, you're like, oh, no. No, 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 I don't think so. I think he, in his mind, was still kind of unsure. He's like, these are the numbers I'm writing down. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll just see after you marry me what happens. (laughs) Let me put the ring on first, get the, you know, get the wedding certificate, and then we'll start digging deeper. That's funny. Exactly. And that's exact. That's how it panned out. And I was a little, um, you know, I was jostled by that. Like, okay, we have this. And then the next month, this letter comes. And then when I tallied everything up, I'm like, this is not the amount that you said, you know, you said it was this amount. And now we're here at this bigger amount. And we're just like, you know what, whatever, we're married. We, we're going to have to make it work. You know, this is not enough of a problem to get a divorce over. Let's just make a plan and figure it out. And that's ultimately what we did. Like when we got the the plan, after I read Dave Ramsey, I'm like, okay, this sucks. It's a terrible situation. But now that we had a plan, that kind of brought hope to the situation. And, you know, we worked it out. I was going to ask if there was ever a time that it put strain on your relationship. Because I know money and relationships, they go hand in hand, but they also can be really, they can be tough. Oh Especially my goodness. when you're young, in tw- your mid-20s. What do you know now about money relationships that you didn't know a decade ago? Oh, my goodness. That's such a loaded question. <laughs> uh, I think one of the big issues, really, for to me, is that there's communication is one. Just figuring out how, what are people's money management style. So if you have someone who's a super cheapskate and someone who is like, you know, they're lavish spender and they expect certain things to be a certain way. For example, my husband, like he's, he came from one of those families where they celebrate every single holiday, every like Swedish day, Valentine's day, anniversary. Like I have to get a gift on every holiday. And so, and not to sound like a terrible, ungrateful wife, because I do like gifts, but at the time, you know, just me being a little more high strong as an individual, I'm like, I appreciate the sweetest day gift, but we could have used this for a student loan payment. Like that was. But wait, what is that even? A sweetest day? What is that? Oh, you don't know sweet. It's like the, it's the October version of Valentine's Day. Sweetest. No, day. I did not. <laughs> like Swedish fish, fish or no, sweetest? Sweet, sweetest. Like you are the sweetest person in the I world. I have never heard this in my life. Wow, they are digging deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's so okay. That's where you draw the line. And I think I've gotten a gift like every sweetest thing. <laughs> oh, my God. And no so way. just communicating about our expectations around, like, how do we even celebrate holidays? Do you do a lot of Christmas gifts? Do you not? 
So just learning up front what people's money, if you're going to discuss when you get married, like how many kids do you want to have? Do you want, are you a studio person or are you a big 5,000 square foot house person? Or, you know, also talk about what are your money habits. So when you clear that up, you know, that's one thing. And the other thing is ha- just not having enough money. If there's like overbearing debt, there's just, there's really not time to do anything. I mean, there were times when we were working to pay off debt, you know, I was like, hustling because I had a, you know, a gig. I was, you know, getting paid hourly, you know, working from home. And and then, you know, that summer where we, you know, had everyone in the, in the room because we had one air conditioning unit, you know, things are not as romantic when all your kids have to stay in the room with you, everybody, you know, so just like little things like that have an impact on your relationship. And now just being debt free, we have more room to dream a little. Like, so if my husband's like, um, and this is an actual example. He's always like, you know, give me my drop top. He wants this classic car. And it's something we don't have to argue argue about. Like, are you kidding me? As broke as we are, we can actually say, oh, you know what? Let's uh, actually open, let's open up another brokerage account. Let's throw some money at it every month and see where it is in three years. Like that's, those are the things that you can do when you're debt free. But if you're like, head over heels in debt and you have someone who whose kind of way of coping or escapism is buying things and stuff, you know, there are going to be problems. Mm. So debt helps. It doesn't help everything, you know, being debt free, but it, it helps, I would say, a lot of things. I'm soaking up all this knowledge for my, because I told you I'm getting married soon and I'm just going to be soaking up all this insight. Thank <laughs> you for this. <laughs> Although living together before marriage, I'm telling you, that also can open your eyes to some conflict points too. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, you 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 kind of know. Well, my husband and I, we knew each other for a long time, but we had a pretty short courtship. So we moved together when we got married. And fortunately, I mean, it was such a blessing. Like he's so laid back and it just worked out. There, it, there was there were no big surprise shockers. He is um, he's actually pretty much a cheapskate like me. So it just we gel better. I think really the only kind of hitch there was just the communication and just knowing like, or like, seriously, are you going to celebrate every single holiday? Like <laughs> his family is like the family who celebrates their birthday for a week. Like Monday, we're going to do this. Oh no, 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 no. Those people are not, <laughs> that does not happen. No, I know those people. I, I do. And I'm like, not going on Facebook, not going, not going, not going, not going. Yeah, yeah, and so then, but then you have to think, even as a family, but if that's something that's really big and important to them, me and my husband have to have that conversation, like, okay, of all these seven events, which three are you going to choose so we don't have to spend all this money? Like, that's a real, that's a real conversation that we have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're getting out of debt, you know, people get offended, like, you didn't show up at this thing or it's so like all that stuff happens and you just have to manage all that and it does you know it makes things stressful well let's switch gears for a bit because you you've successfully achieved your goal of becoming a stay-at-home mom right yep so you have your business at home your girls at home the school's at home <laughs> do you ever go crazy um we do get a little stir crazy so um <laughs> we try to you know how do you separate our- it how do I? Yeah. So my husband's really great at, you know, he'll let me get that time alone that I need. Like sometimes I'm like, I have to go out to Starbucks or whatever, get some work or he'll, you know, he'll help me and make provision. He'll take them in the evening or we figure it out. I, I don't feel there are not a lot of times that I feel super 
overwhelmed because if I do, then I'll just take a break and I'll stop working. <laughs> I'll stop working. I don't have that many bills to pay, so um, I can be kind of on, you know, off and on oh, with my work. Good. You can control your own schedule, basically. Yep, yep, in a nutshell. And I just want to also, you know, kind of drive home the point that I never made a whole lot of money in my life. Like, my husband has always been the primary breadwinner, and, you know, I've been, you know, I've kind of trail behind him in income. So you don't need a lot of money to do this. We were, you know, I was always myself personally was kind of on the lower end of the income scale, but just being disciplined with the money helped, you know, pay down the debt. And again, $110,000 gone. That is amazing. Congratulations to you and your family. Thank you, Mandy. So do you have any plans? I guess I have to ask any plans to move anytime soon? Uh, I don't have plans only only because I actually do like the quality of life that we we live. I can live I you know, I get to control my schedule. If I want to take a break from working one month, two months, three months, I can. Earlier last year we spent six weeks in California because I didn't want to do Chicago winter. So, you know, and then we did lots of other traveling too. So like being able to travel, be with my family, that to me is priceless. Like no big home in the suburbs can compare to that. So I don't, I thought, you know, when I was younger, I thought that was like my end goal in life to like live in this big, huge mansion in the suburbs with these, you know, crazy tricked out luxury cars. But, you know, I guess, you know, those, those desires have waned a little bit only because I feel like I have a good life right now. So we'll see that could change. I may want to move because of the weather, but that's the only reason why. No, I love that message. You found what's important to you and you invest in those things versus the things that aren't no, aren't so important, but that, you know, culture tells you you should have the yep. McMansion in the suburbs and such. Yeah, that's a good summary. <laughs> well, again, thanks so much. And everybody, you can find Aja's work at principlesofincrease.com. And her book is called Debt Free in 24 Hours, which is on amazon.com, right? Yep, it's available there now. Excellent. All right, Aja, thanks so much. Thanks, Mandy. This was fun. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.